Welcome to the Two Northern Lasses podcast with host Michelle Cowan and guest brought to you by Absolute Media UK Limited, Huddersfield's perfect podcast production pit. Hello, Jenny. Hi, Michelle. Good afternoon. I'm just looking outside. It's the 29th of June and the sun's actually shining. Yesterday it was dull as dishwater, but uh, today it looks a little bit better. Yeah, it's glorious here too. Absolutely lovely. Well, just before we start this podcast, um, just putting it out there that this morning I've been for a walk, which was about an hour, a hilly walk. And I've also been in the gym, but I did an express workout, which is about 20 minutes. And I've had scrambled eggs. So I'm just putting it out there before I introduce Jenny officially. So I've got Jenny Edmondson and she's a strength movement and nutrition coach um, for her business, which she founded, which is Go Health and Fitness. And what I really love um, is your LinkedIn job title, which is Chief Motivation Officer. (laughs) So Obviously, I knew we were going to have this discussion today and I thought I better get all the good things in um, before we start talking. And then just before we started recording, I went online and and I always do this with everybody that comes, even if I know the person quite well. But I always have a nosy around all the social profiles. So um, I looked at your website and I was absolutely impressed with your list of qualifications and just all the stuff that you've done. So hopefully we'll get to that. Um, we we met uh, not not long ago, really, through an organisation called the Northern Affinity. And, and Mike, who runs that, has been a guest on this podcast as well. Um, and I was just really enthused by our discussion and really, really interested in your background. And you spent most of your working life in the RAF and you are a first because you're the first military guest on the Two Northern Lasses podcast. So take us back. How does somebody that has had a military career, which you have had, then end up with a health and fitness business? So did you go back to school and tell us about leaving school and how you got involved in in the RAF? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, we could be here all day. <laughs> um, yeah, so the school thing, yeah, I, I did all right at school, um, but I grew up in a military family with military, we're all Royal Air Force, with my, my dad was Royal Air Force, my uncles were Royal Air Force, my granddad and my grandma had been a CERD for a short while, so it was kind of always in my mind that uh, these opportunities were out there. My dad had such fantastic stories of all the adventures he got up to, the travelling he'd done, the flying... Um, so I joined the air cadets as soon as I was able to when I was 14 because that gave me the option insurance wise to go flying with my dad and I used to go up in the Nimrod um, at weekends and fly with him and I'm just like this is the life you know this is just there's so much to be done and I was lucky enough to grow up in Cornwall which I absolutely loved dad was based down there Um, but I quickly realized that there was just nothing I wanted to do down there. You know, it's always like, it's like living in the Lake District now. My kids just don't appreciate when you live in such a fantastic place, you know, you want to get out and see the world. Um, So I always had in the back of my mind that the Air Force was for me. So um, when I left school, I started to, um, I started to look at options to work down there because I had my first boyfriend and I was just like, oh no, I want to stay in Cornwall, you know, and um, I was nervous about joining and leaving him and everything else behind me. 
Um, so I got into tourism and I had my first job was in a travel agents and um, I just, it was just never enough. So uh, I applied to join the Royal Air Force when I was 19. Lucky enough for, uh, school got all my qualifications. So uh, that did qualify me to apply, to apply for a commission straight away um, to become an officer. But I actually, I failed that process through confidence. I was just not confident enough to, uh, to get a commission back then, but I wanted to join anyway. Um, so I went back to the careers office and said, what can I do? Um, and they got me straight in as a junior rank. So I joined actually in logistics when I initially joined. Um, but really, that was kind of the start of my fitness journey because I wasn't into fitness at all before I joined up. But I'm a real rule follower. And the book that sent you before you go to a basic training is you have to be able to run this far in this time. And you have to be able to do so many press ups and so many sit ups. And so I was like, oh, OK, then had this leaflet. And I used to literally just go out, out my door in the morning. I I'd set myself out a mile and a half loop on the road where I lived. And I just went out and walked a bit, ran a bit, walked a bit, ran a bit tried to run up the hill where I could, came back, did a couple of, you know, really pathetic press-ups and sit-ups, but gradually, you know, I worked on it. So by the time I got to my basic training, I was actually, um, there was two girls going for PTI and there was a county runner. So they were always third and I was always fourth behind them. Um, and and I suddenly started to really enjoy it. And I got to my first tour and my, um, my corporal was a RAF boxer. And he was like, oh, you want to come to circuit training? I would try and do, um, he was a big Welsh guy. I try and do a Welsh accent, but I won't even go there. He's like, you want to come to circuit training? It's good fun. And I was like, oh, all right then. So I went to circuit training. It was good fun. And I, I used to train every day at lunchtime. And then I, because you live on base. So I started a bit of fitness on base as well. And, um, and I ended up in, you know, the hockey team and the squash team and the volleyball team and the cross country team and, you know, I just love training and being in all those teams made every meant every Wednesday afternoon. I'd have the time off to go and play sport. Uh, then I got selected to, you know, represent the Air Force at stuff. And you'd end up traveling all over the country going, you know, doing stuff. And I was like, suddenly doors were open for me through fitness. Um, so without giving you a really long story of, you know, all, all the stuff that I did once in the Air Force, when I left, it was like, well, what am I going to do when I grow up? You know, when you, when you leave the military, they, they do very uh, generous resettlement packages where you kind of learn and you trade all over again. Um, and by that time, having had a family, it was, I wanted to do something that I would hopefully be around my kids, um, kind of come full circle here. So I was like, well, actually, you know, I'll train to be a personal trainer, um, without going off on that route that's kind of how I kind of got into it because the opportunities that came through to me um, for my time in the Air Force just meant that uh, I wanted to show other people when you're fit and strong and healthy what potential opportunities there are in life really. And how old were you when you were coming out of the RF? So I left um, in 2012 October 2012 and I was 40, 42 at that point so I did um, just short of 23 years service. Um, which is quite nice because I'm a pensioner now, which I never really thought about when I joined. Um, but it is quite nice to have that pension now. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. <laughs> on your um, on your website, it lists all this. I've, I've mentioned it lists all this wonderful stuff you've done, and uh, you've done an Everest marathon. You've done the London marathon. I've done London, and I know how difficult it is. You've done Olympic. Um, length triathlons um the great north and the scottish swims and the coast uh, coast cycle did you do all that when you were in the RAF or is that something that came later um 
kind of a lot of those things all all happened in like a five-year period that the kind of you know the couple of years before I came out till to the sort of the year or two after I came out I kind of had a real frenzy of doing lots of kind of big activities um whilst I was in I was whilst I was in I represented the Air Force in triathlon for a short amount of time um it was one of those ones there wasn't a huge amount of women doing it so if you were like showed any interest you were straight in the team straight away you know it's a shame really you almost didn't have to be as as dedicated as the guys because they had to work quite hard to get in the team as one of the girls certainly back in the day I didn't have to try quite so hard to be selected for the team it was a case of showing up um but anyway so yeah I did a couple of that's how I got into triathlons um and then from that I really kind of fell in love with the obstacle course racing and did a few obstacle course races that kind of came about probably through doing um you know the military assault courses and things um, yeah, I, I mean, I look at those tough mudder things and I just think, oh, gosh, it's just that wouldn't be for me that hauling myself up over ropes, nets and things. And <laughs> I love throwing it. myself into a muddy pond. And Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's yeah, well, you know, I just really I really fell into doing that sort of stuff. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And then also I, I noticed that you've got a list as long as your arm of fitness qualifications and um and in there is the dreaded insanity <laughs> if anybody of our listeners has done insanity they'll know how crazy it is and why it's called insanity because it's an absolute killer mm. I, I i remember doing a class a few years ago with my friend vicky and we were we were it was a gym class and uh and we both looked at each other. We must have looked ridiculous. We were like just drenched in sweat, looked like we were about to die. And we're like, oh my God, can this get any worse? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's an extreme form of, uh, of exercise, isn't it? It is, yeah. When I came out of the military and I was kind of, you know, really at the height of my fitness almost. And I was really, um, it's, it's, it's around that time when I did the Everest Marathon. It was kind of my swan song from the military. Um, and so I was, you know, I was really at the sort of peak of my fitness. And when I came out and I qualified as a PC, set up my business, um, working pre and postnatally with new mums and um, with their buggies, I was looking at other things to do. And um, I was doing the, uh, the insanity stuff at home and the opportunity to become an insanity instructor was kind of presented to me. And I was like, oh, I'll give that a shot. And I went down to, I think it was London for the training course. I was actually like one of the oldest people on the course. You know, there were all these 20-somethings and there was me 40-something leaping around. Um, I did it for about a year and it nearly broke me, to be honest. And I did actually suffer some back problems doing it. I just, um, I loved it. But uh, yeah, that's more of a young person's game. I think that uh, the instructing it certainly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only classes that I do now are the stuff that I do online in my home gym or if I go to Pilates, but um, I do remember that those classes were absolutely heaving. There were a lot of people doing insanity at the time. I don't even know if it's still a thing. I don't know, to be honest. I don't think so. No, it's, um, yeah, I know there was, there was a few people around here doing it, to be honest. My classes weren't, weren't huge, but uh, they certainly had a good little following that, uh, that we did. But yeah, I think, I think my passion really, uh, was working with women actually my 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 um my pram power boot camps were kind of where my passion was at that time um I was just kind of doing that to diversify a little bit I suppose <laughs> yeah and you know I know this but you can tell our listeners a little bit about your organization which is go health and fitness where you've got it's it's an online health and wellness 
community I guess is a good word for it is it yeah kind of it's kind of grown as I have really when um when I stopped doing the pram pass sessions for, for lots of reasons I loved doing it but um it, it wasn't making sense for a lot of reasons um and I kind of go health and fitness was something I set up at the same time as pram power and that was more my one-to-one personal training stuff which I really enjoyed um but then on a personal front we ended up moving house sort of four times in five years and life was just chaos and I thought how can I keep training people um, and build a business and I discovered the opportunity to sort of work online this is you know pre-pandemic and everything and I got um, uh, I discovered the courses available out there to help me build an online personal training business and um, yeah and from that you know I could really build an online community and it's, it's been a fantastic roller coaster ride for the past sort of three years and in particular obviously with the pandemic the last couple of years is really kind of building that community and and taking, you know, some of the pram power ladies and, and with me up until now and kind of working with more middle-aged menopausal type women and, and helping them through that time of life, um, which has been absolutely brilliant to build the community that I'm building now in, in Go Health and Fitness and, and, and my Give It 10 philosophy. <laughs> yeah, talk to us a bit more about the Give It 10 because um, I noticed on, on you, I think on your Instagram, you Give It 10 Jen, which I think is also very good. Yeah, well, it's funny because when I first started training people, and especially busy mums, and they'd say to me, Jen, I just don't have time to train, you know. And back then, I was, you know, an hour a day, two or three sessions a day. When I came out of the Air Force, I was, you know, training really hard. And then I suddenly realized that actually, you know, you could get a lot. I think maybe the insanity got me into the headspace of that high intensity interval training, the short, um, that you can get a lot from doing a short session. Um, and then I kind of started saying to people, you know, if all else fails, you could just do a four minute Tabata or, or you could start just doing 10 squats while you're waiting for the kettlebell, 10 lunges while you're waiting for your dog to do its business. When you're out walking the dog, you can, you know, I used to take my kettlebell when my kids were on their swimming lessons and I would do a 10 minute kettlebell session outside on the grass when the kids were, you know, having their been trailing around doing all the things. And I used to say to people, you know, the stressed just go outside and take 10 deep breaths go and I, and I used to say my give it 10 became a thing I just say oh, just give it 10 give it 10 give it 10 and then a friend of mine said to me one day I met her for coffee and she went oh it's give it 10 Jen and I was like oh I like that <laughs> so yeah, very good. yeah and that just sort of came about and so for me you know give it 10 is all about you know 10 seconds 10 repetitions or 10 minutes of anything done consistently will get you results you know we all find time to clean our teeth every day you know, why not find time to do a give it 10, whether that's 10 repetitions or, you know, 10 minutes would be nice. But um, because that's doing something is always better than doing nothing and doing something consistently will get you results, whether that's good stuff or bad stuff, you know. And do you think, you know, because of the pandemic, lots of people have um, not done as much exercise. I mean, some people have gone the other way and done a lot more, Mm. but lots of people have done less exercise because they've been working from home so they might not have that um walk to the train station or they're just wandering around the office even um you know a lot I know loads of people that have drunk way more alcohol in in lockdown just because Mm -hmm. of how rubbish it's been for a lot of people um you know so I think health and uh, wellness and nutrition and stuff has taken a backseat for a lot of people during the pandemic and I see that now we're sort of coming out of that do you think that people are more motivated but also we've all got used to the online world now so the people that weren't 
use to online are on it now, whether they like it or not. So the product that you have, admittedly, you were doing your stuff before the pandemic, but it's now kind of being primed by the pandemic to this is a way forward. This is another way to do it. And it also doesn't restrict you because, like you say, you've moved around, but most personal trainers work one-to-one with clients in the area where they live and work, mm. where is your online, you effectively could have customers anywhere in the world. Yes, in fact, my last 10 week um, course, uh, I had um, a lady in Bangkok and another lady in California on the same course. So uh, yeah, it's fantastic that you can work with anyone in the world. Um, and, you know, being able to bring people together to do those, to do that is, you know, it's, it's a privilege to be able to do, I love it. But yeah, it's people are far more, when I was first starting out online, people were super, super skeptical and they weren't too sure how they could make it work for themselves. Um, but now it's very much accepted. Um, and, and we don't, it's not like I'm, I'm here on a Zoom call with lots of people doing exercise. The whole nature of what I do is uh, I have an app and I, I prepare all the workouts in there and people can access the app and do it in their own time. Um, because that's also important as well, is, is you, you, you try to encourage people to take control of their day and decide, right, certainly for a lot of women I work with, you know, they'll just do it in the morning because I'll get up, get it done in the morning. And then you can kind of, you know, that, that gives you the, uh, the, the confidence to get on with your day without thinking, oh man, I've still got to do this workout, still got to do this workout, still got to do something. When you can get it done in the morning, you, you get that kind of, um, uh, oh, there you go. That's that brain fog for you. I can't think of the word. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I prefer <laughs> to do the morning slots. Um, it's kind of, if you've got a to-do list, it's ticked off and it's done and, and you're not thinking about, oh, when am I going to get a space to go and do that? Or, yeah. you know, I always walk my dog first thing. And if, you know, if I want to go out later in the afternoon, fine, he gets two dog walks. Yeah. But I always go first thing. It's the best thing. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm currently running a boot camp at six in the morning and uh, it's gone from having quite a few people down to just a couple of people in it now. And it's just people get really inspired to get up and get out early and do something. But uh, you've got to stay motivated to keep getting up and getting out. But they're the ones who are carrying on doing it saying, I just love getting it done in the morning. Smug, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. When you get it done in the morning, like, yes, I've done it. <laughs> the, how does the chief motivational officer get keep motivated yourself so what what do you do to to stay on top because people are looking to you to be motivated how do you handle that for your own self yeah it's a really good question actually because sometimes it can be very hard when you're busy motivating other people is to kind of stay engaged yourself and it's very easy sometimes you know we can talk the talk but walking the walk yourself is quite difficult um and it's another thing that you know my give it 10 kind of saves me because I do lots of give it 10s through the day um you know if I'm struggling at lunchtime I'll I'll get up and walk down a flight of stairs 10 times um sometimes I'll put a kettlebell at the bottom at the top and I'll do a little like walk up the stairs 10 swings walk down the stairs you know 10 10 upright rows or something and then you know and it's it's people make exercise so complicated and they so overthink it. And sometimes it's just like little things done consistently, whether that's taking 10 deep breaths, doing 10 squats, walking up and down the flight of stairs. So for me at the moment, I'm not following any particular program. I'm actually looking to, um, to sign up to do a charity thing at the moment. I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do because everything compels pales into insignificant having done the Everest marathon. I'm thinking no one's going to sponsor me to go and do a, anything normal. I've got to do something bigger and better. So I'm, I'm thinking at the moment what it's going to be, but 
at the moment I'm just uh, maintaining my fitness. Let's say I, I swim. Um, I love my open water swimming at the moment. So I meet a friend for a swim at um, 6.30 every Friday morning and we go, we go for a swim at Windermere. Um, try to swim with a safe Grange Lido crowd um, on a Tuesday in Windermere. Try and jump in the water when I can myself, you know, walking the dog. I cycle when I can, you know, but not following a program. I'm just kind of keeping on top of things right now. Yeah. Just going back to that cold water swimming. Yeah. How cold is it? It's not too bad. Actually, this week I had my first like non-wetsuit swim. So I've been swimming in a wetsuit up to now. And this, uh, this week I thought, you know what, I'll give it a shot and I'll just go out to the boy and back. And actually was in the water for 40 minutes. And it was something like 18 degrees. It was like it was warmer at 6.30. It was warmer in the water than it was out. It was raining and windy outside. But uh, yeah, so it's not too bad. But then I am, um, one of the courses I run is, is, a, is a morning routine. So I've got a 10-step morning routine. As I run the course, it's just a program you can buy on my website. Um, and one of those steps is to have a cold water blast in the shower. Um, so I have a normal hot shower, but at the end of it, I started off with 10 seconds, but now I like blast the cold water at the end. Um, and that's really helped in, in um, you know, preparing your body for that sort of cold water swimming. And I just, I love how that makes me feel every day. It doesn't get yeah. easy. <laughs> I've been reading recently around getting into a cold shower before you turn the heat up. Um, to sort of get your blood flowing properly around your body and stuff. And I, I, I tried it the other day, I stepped in, I stepped straight back out. <laughs> that stopped for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was another question that I was going to ask you. Um, yes, on your, on your 10-week programme, uh-huh. what, do, what does that kind of entail? So somebody signs up for 10 weeks. What, what are you giving them for 10 weeks? So my, my sort of foundational course is Frazzle to Fabulous. Um, in fact, um, my latest course literally started yesterday. The next one will be starting in September. I tend to run it in school terms, but we work very much on a three-pillared approach to fitness, um, health and fitness. It's nutrition, it's movement, and it's mindset. A lot of people will just do like one or maybe two, um, but not generally the whole three. So very much focus on mindset throughout the course because getting your head in the right place to live a healthy life is really the first step. Um, so we have a midweek mindset session every week. So very much looking at all the, um, the BS surrounding your health and lifestyle and where we've, you know, when we're middle-aged women, a lot of the time we know what we should be doing, but it's the stories we tell ourselves, the guilt, the, all the other crap that that brings with it. And that, so we talk a lot about mindset, um, in the course, uh, and then the food and the, the, and then the nutrition and the movement. So nutrition, we very much follow, um, like a workout, we have a bit like a three week warm up for the nutrition where we're looking at um, just starting to plan. I don't hit anyone with anything complicated. So it's just starting to cut down on some stuff, introduce some stuff, um, making some healthy changes to how we're eating, getting used to maybe keeping a food diary, planning a bit better. The middle part of the course is we do what we do a gut reset. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other conversation, you know, too, too much to talk about now, but very, very keen on um, the climate in your gut and how having a healthy microbiome can make you feel. I'm sure you may well have come across that before. So that's like the middle part of the course. We really focus on that gut reset part of the, um, of the process, which gets people brilliant results. And then the last three weeks of the course is very much nutritionally wise is very much about um, transitioning what we've learned over the gut reset and everything else into kind of living a normal, healthy life and what, you know, again there's no calorie counting there's no 
points and sins and and anything else it's all normal food no weighing just you know, eating sensibly and healthily because everything else is just too complicated to be fair yeah. you have time for it um and then the exercise part of it we start very simply because so many people like at the start of lockdown when everyone was doing joe wicks and joe wicks is awesome but so many people started leaping around doing high intensity um and injuring themselves especially sort of middle-aged mums and dads who perhaps haven't done anything for a long time uh you know joe wicks itis was was a real thing you know um yeah. So we start off very simply, the non-sexy stuff that everyone avoids, the core stability, body stability, strength, um, flexibility, mobility. Then we kind of transition into the more kind of fun, sexy hit stuff later on in the course, but very much take a structured approach to avoid injury. Because I know through my own injury journey over the past few years that uh, it takes a different approach as you get older. We're not as, um, our bodies quite aren't, don't bounce back quite as quick. <laughs> just on that uh on the gut reset stuff um i had a problem with my gut um probably for about 18 months and um i was talking to a um a medical herbalist um because of the the tablets that i was given from from the doctor just repeatedly didn't work mm. and as soon as i cut out gluten the pain went immediately so I had a I did a whole I did a whole month without gluten I just I felt amazing after about 48 hours but I carried she said oh you know stick do a month clear um which I did and then I kind of stuck to it a little bit longer and then slowly started reintroducing um food with gluten in but to be honest I prefer apart from bread I prefer food without gluten in it yeah, absolutely. And, th and that is one of the, we, we cut out five sort of major things when we go through the gut makeover, wheat being one of them, gluten being one of them. And most people say when they come out of the four weeks and start to introduce it, oh my goodness, it just makes me feel bloated and horrible. And yeah, that's, you know, that's, it's huge for a lot of people. And certainly since I've done my own gut makeover now, I, you know, I, I have bread, but I always make sure it's whole meal. You know, occasionally I'll have a baguette at the weekend or something, but on the whole, really try and stick to those whole grains, whole meal um healthier types of um uh wheat and flour basically yeah. see the problem that we've got is we've got a bread maker and Ooh. it's just amazing <laughs> the bread that comes out but it's the white bread's the best so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. that's the problem but but anyway um we're at that point in the podcast jenny where we are going to play the game so um I know you might not necessarily be looking forward to it, but here we go. You're going to have to trust me. So I'll shuffle the pack. Uh -huh. And uh, and if you just tell me when to stop, I'll, I'll stop and pick out a card. Right. Stop. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> What's one dream that you've tucked away for the moment? Tucked away for the moment, a dream. I tell you what, um, I did a lot of sailing when I was younger and sailing's been a real passion, but um, I haven't really done much of it since I've been, um, well, just since I've, in the last 20 years, but for various reasons. Um, but I always had a passion to sail the Southern Ocean. It's a, it's a huge undertaking. And I know that there's a charity out there or there's an event organized out there. You can do it for charity. So that is 
a huge dream that one day I will I will be on one of these boats and I will sail the Southern Ocean leg. It, it's pretty scary, but it's always been a dream of mine. <laughs> that sounds way too dangerous for me. But... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next question. Am I saying stop again? Stop. <laughs> okay. This is a good one. If you could have tea with one fictional character, who would it be? A fictional character. Oh man, I always hate these. I can never think of anyone until I get home and I think, oh, I'm going to be that person. A fictional character. Hmm. This question came up before and I picked Supergirl, but. Supergirl? <laughs> it could be also. <laughs> yeah. uh, fictional character, fictional character. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh... Probably have to be someone like Iron Man. <laughs> he is so cool. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good cho choice on every level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, every level. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the guy that plays him is great, isn't he? Oh, he's just brilliant. I mean, talk about reinventing yourself as well as a, as an actor over his, you know, over his career. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, him and his character would be uh, would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're only allowed one. Right. Okay, well, last question. Oh, stop. Sorry, miles away. <laughs> I had to go through it twice then. <laughs> um, if social media didn't exist, how would your life be different? Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, obviously, I quite remember a life without social media. Um, so, well, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be working online for sure. Um, I think social media brings so many positives but so many negatives into life this could be a huge conversation really couldn't it but uh, I think it would be easier on a lot of levels but also more complicated as well trying to get the word because I'm a, well I probably wouldn't be an online coach I would probably be you know in a gym maybe or working with people in another level kind of village halls and WI meetings and things maybe um yeah, I mean, I think Instagram particularly has been a fantastic platform for your industry. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a, a great platform to showcase, you know, what you do and the results that you've got. It's um, yeah. just a lot of people in your industry on, on it. There's a huge amount. but I mean, there's also a lot of... Um, negative side to that as well you see you see these people with six packs and completely unachievable stuff and you know uh um but I think the people who are keeping it real are, are the people to to aspire to um but uh yeah no totally the industry's transformed from uh social media really yeah good yeah. well listen thank you so much Jenny for coming on the podcast it's been really interesting to talk to you I'm gonna put all the links to your um, business into the show notes if anybody wants to find you um, you are on Instagram as I think it give it 10 Jen is your at name yeah. um, so people can find you it's nice and uh, punchy that one so thank you I've really enjoyed it it's just whiz by time's gone right. I know. <laughs> thank you, you thank you for listening if you like our podcasts please leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. If you would like to sponsor a future episode, then please get in touch through social media.